Yeah. I'm feeling it. Are you feeling it? Nah. <laughs> You're feeling it. Howdy, everybody. I'm Robert. And I'm Ira. And this is Antiwave. Yes, it is. A podcast all about the films that Hollywood can't even imagine. That's good. Yeah, That's because good. this week we're going to be talking about what film, Ira? Oh, we're going to be talking about the film. Oh, wait, what, what film are we doing? Mm. Oh, you're going to have to pronounce it. Welcome to... Marwin. Yeah, whatever. Marwin. Marwin. Yeah. And uh, because imagination is an important element of that film, our top five is... Top five imagination films. Yes, films dealing with imagination. Imagination movies. Imagine. Oh, I like that. That's very crisp. A little, a little better, isn't it? Yeah. Economy of words, Robert. Yeah. Yeah, I can learn. I can learn from you. Imagination movies. I would say movies that deal with imagination. Blah, blah. Too many words. Economy. Imagination movies. Imagination movies. Imag- yeah, good. Yeah, man. Yeah. So. What's up? What's up? Hey, man, guess what's what? Up? What, what, what? It's Christmas Eve. Yeah, it as is. As we record this. And this here- episode will release tomorrow on Christmas Day. Yeah. Merry Christmas, bud. And Merry Christmas to you. And this is how we're spending our Christmas Eve yeah, doing the podcast. Hey, guess what? Is that show we're dedicated or is it show we have no friends? <laughs> a little bit of both. <laughs> you know, if uh, if Christmas presents were snakes, you would be bitten right now. Is there something close to me? I want you to turn. Is it behind me? To your, your right. Yeah. Yeah, Turn to your right, um, right I, now. I know, and I'm aware of it. Are you? I'm. A, oh, you probably were laughing at each other, thinking, <laughs> "Oh, that Ira. He doesn't see. He's got blinders on whenever he walks. He doesn't notice things like you know mistletoe and you stuff." You didn't notice the big I gift was, sitting right I next to your chair. I was aware of it, but I chose not to say anything. That's nice. Hey, bud. Merry Christmas. Why don't you well, open up some gifts on I, the air? I'm going to do it now. Yeah. Why not? Wow. But is this? Will this be boring to our listeners? Well, you're gonna you're gonna kind of narrate what's happening. You got right, two things. Now, this? open the big one first. Yeah. I think you Maybe know. We should I think you would probably already know. This I don't. Is, this Maybe is we a, describe it. This looks like a missile silo. <laughs> it's like a giant a phallic dildo. symbol. It is a very phallic symbol. Rip it off, Fyra. Go for it. Oh, I know what it is. Are you giving me? Because you don't want it anymore. <laughs> what is it? It's the gumball machine. It's the gumball machine. It's the machine. fucking gumball machine that you've been trying to get rid of. <laughs> and I was considering <laughs> buying it from you for $20. And I'm so cheap. I Besides, I... But Ira, know, look, it's gonna, a gumball machine. And you know what you wrote on the... Yeah, to Big Fag. Yeah, from Homo and his wife. Yeah, there you go. Oh, that's so sensitive. That's the Christmas spirit. <laughs> Aww. You know, this is really... See, who can I re-gift this to? <laughs> this is now your albatross. I love it. I'm there. honored. It will have a special place in my home. Oh, this is so funny. Yeah, this has been going on for many, many months. Was there cleaning out their home, getting I want organized, you know, getting a, ready for the baby. Yeah. And they've been wanting to get rid of this damn thing. Merry Christmas. It has a $20 value. Yeah. D- well, because hmm, I was, this is, <laughs> this is going to be very special to me. Th- for, thank you. Thank you. If any of our listeners want a gumbo machine, I want you to email me at ira at anywaypodcast.com. Please. Now, here's the thing. Uh, you know, I, I don't, uh, I don't like talking about death that much, but when you die... You cannot leave this to me in your will. <laughs> oh, that's really funny. That's a great idea. No. All right. Hey, Joey. You know what you're getting? It's going to be in my will. It's going right. to be back in the Cannon household. You have another little gift there. You really did get me something for Christmas, yeah, didn't for sure. you? See, now I feel... Mm, like a dick? Because you didn't, didn't get me anything? Well, yeah, but I well, didn't really you will. Know, your birthday, I came through. You know why you feel like a dick? Because I'm a Jew. Because you're a celebrate, Jew. I don't yeah, there you go. But it looks you should like, be giving me eight gifts. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, but you're not Jewish. Mm. I should be getting eight it's, gifts. It's just a little something. Um, th- it looks like it's two DVDs or the Blu-rays, I yep. think. And we're going to open them up and see what they are. Yep. And uh, I'm feeling like a little bit of a shit right now because I'm not acknowledging nah, nah, Christmas nah, 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 you small, guys. Small and I think in the past we've done Christmas. I think we have more mm. than not. Um, don't sweat it, Ira. But, well, don't, now don't I feel... feel no, 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 don't. Oh, I like this. What is it? It's the movie Blue Crush. Blue Crush. You've been wanting me to see this film. Yeah, bud. I'm going to go home now and watch it. Yeah, why don't we record a podcast first? No. (laughs) No, this is wonderful. And you got got something else there. It's another one. Mm -hmm. Do you know what it is? I'm wondering. I'm wondering if we spoke about it. The two were titled with, um, oh, geez. Uh Not, uh, yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm thinking, don't you? Um, Give me the first letter. It's two words. It is? It's two words. It is. And we talked about it. Uh Uh-huh. And I said I was going to rush home and watch it. I hadn't yet watched it. Now I think I'm holding it in my hand. Yeah. The first word is? Tell me the first word. Ira's new movie. (laughs) That's three words. Um, Yeah. I, I, I think... I know what this All is. Right. And it's it's opening yeah, Sucker Punch. Sucker this is punch. the one I this thank you so much. <laughs> now I've got a question for you. Yeah, but um remember a couple of weeks ago you were talking about your favorite movies done by um by by what's his name? By Michael Keaton. Do you own um uh, I was gonna say Daisy Clean and Sober. Yes. Do you have it? I do. Oh and you do? I do. I thought what was the film that you don't have? There was of, a film of we his? mentioned hmm? of his? It was Blue Crush. We were talking about Blue Crush, and I used to own it. And actually, Sucker Punch, and I don't own that. Well, what can I get you? You could let me borrow Blue Crush and Sucker Punch sometime. Yeah. But you should watch them first. Thank you for this. Yeah, bud. And for the, you're giving me the gumball. I'm actually going home with the gumball machine. Oh, yeah. I, I love it. Yeah, I, that's, know, the, go, that's going out of the You're, you're uh, out familiar of the with my home. Yes. You're very familiar with my I living room. I think you've already room. got a where's, good spot for it. You do? Yeah. Where? There's no room over by it. your other gumball machine. Yeah, now I'm gonna have two yeah. maxing ma- matching gumball machines. Thank you so much for my birthday gifts, Robert yeah, and man. Joey. Your Christmas gifts, you mean? Or, or, or are you thanking me well, for your birthday you gifts now, too? Because August is just right around the corner. <laughs> thank you for the holiday gifts, for the Hanukkah gifts, for the Christmas gifts. Thank you. You're very welcome. Merry Christmas to you, to your lovely pregnant wife, and to all of our listeners. Great. And so, until next time, keep watching movies. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Hey, man, did you see anything this week? I did. Are you saying it's time for the Week in Review? It some is. are old, some are new. We now present the Week in Review. Who's going to go first? Uh, I'll go first. You go first. You know what I saw this week? What'd you say? Uh, I saw Black Panther. Oh, you did? Have oh, you seen it's it? Streaming. It's actually it's, streaming. It's streaming now. Faster yeah. it was streaming. Yeah. I didn't see it. I do not get what all the fuss is about. Oh, man. Talk about the fuss, the hoopla. I don't get it. It's like everyone embraced this film. Everybody, but it was very poorly written. It was confusing at times. The action sequences were not very good. Look, I, I, I'm, I'm at a, um, I'm at a disadvantage because I don't like a lot of the the superhero movies. They're they're too much. But I, I did watch recently the Thor Ragnarok, and I really liked yeah, it. I, know. I thought Thor I Ragnarok know you was that. it was funny. It had it it. it what it did is it said, look, if we're going to have these fantastic characters uh, like uh, you know Thor who can't be killed or you know the Incredible Hulk who just can't die, then we'll put them in this fantastic scenario and we'll make it so that these guys have uh, you know they have to fight to the death and they can't die, and so now it will kind of make sense in outer space in some other distant land. 
But when you when you have a character like Black Panther where bullets literally give him energy and it's like I just who cares? Who cares anymore? There's no there's nothing to risk. At least with Iron Man, he's a human underneath all of that. And if he gets shot, he dies. It made sense in the universe. There's no vulnerability for these for these characters anymore. They yeah. they're they are perfect human beings who can do anything, so why do we care? The whole point is that they're human. That's the whole point of Batman. That's why right, Batman does right. so well, is that he's human underneath all of that. Yeah, and flawed. Yeah, and they're trying to make Superman work, but Superman is becoming outdated. You know, like, it, it just doesn't work quite as well. All right, then I got to ask you, why, I'm not even talking about the critics' reviews, but I'm talking about how the masses embrace this film. What's up with that? I, th- I think it's a black thing. Yeah. I think it's because... I do too. But here's the problem, is that Blade was a black character. Yeah. And a comic book character who, who existed before. There's uh, There's been other characters like this. I think it was just that it was part of this Marvel updating, and I think people were just excited to have a predominantly black cast, and they're on that bandwagon, but they're not really looking... They're talking about this being the best film, like talking about it getting an Oscar for best film. I'm going, are you smoking crack? I don't... This is not the best Marvel movie to come out this year. I mean, it, it, it's not the worst Marvel movie because I actually think a couple of the earlier Thor movies are, are real dog shit. They're just, they're almost unwatchable. Uh, it just, it's, it's so convoluted and bad acted. It's just, it's really bad. So if, but this, this is right up there with some of the worst. If it's nominated, it might be nominated for best film. It may indeed be. If it is, do you think that's another example of the Academy bending backwards to appease what happened two or three years ago? With not enough, the more inclusive, well, to be more inclusive? No, is because I'm assuming that, that the nomination committee, the people who are nominating it believe that it's actually mm-hmm. a good film. Mm-hmm. So, no, I don't, I don't think that, I mean, if they're doing that, that's just right, outright racism to say, oh, we need to have more black films, so let's nominate a black film. That's racist. That's totally racist to do. Yeah, but you're not responding to my question. Do you so think no, it's an example? Well, I said no, I don't, I don't think so. I think the people that would nominate it... Would not would nominate it because they believe that it's a good film, mm-hmm. but I think the the wool is being pulled over their eyes. That's I don't think I they're mean. actually seeing the film for what it is. Right, right, right. These action sequences where they're like, do you remember when we reviewed Spider Man Homecoming? I do. And there was there was the sequence on the boat where the boat was being ripped apart, and Spider Man was trying to hold everything together. Yes. And you and I both reacted pretty strongly to that, which was, who fucking cares? Like yeah. it, it no longer. It no longer made an emotional impact because we knew he couldn't die, and it was like, okay, That's everything's right. going to work out. It was out. the hull of the ship cut right down the middle, right? Yeah, and, it was and like, his this arms is were so stretched silly. out, holding them together, right? right. And that's that's insane. That's crazy. It, it's yeah. so yeah. big yeah. that it it doesn't even seem to matter anymore. Absolutely, it's almost like uh, forgive this awful comparison, but it's almost like when you start talking about um, like World War Two. And you talk about the millions of Jews, nobody cares. If you start talking about individual people, then it starts to make an emotional impact, right? Right. That's the whole point of the Holocaust Museum is let's start to actually talk about the individual crimes. Let's break it down on a molecular level and see who we're impacting instead of just saying six million Jews. And it's almost like you you can't even fathom that. Nice that you're mentioning the Jews on Christmas Eve and, you know, with... No, they killed the Lord and Savior. Well, I know that, but yeah. shh. You know, and the, for me, my example... I do you think, understand what I'm saying, though? Of course though? I do. And my example, too, we spoke about this once before, and that was at the second of the Superman movies where he flies backwards, makes the Earth stop rotating, right. going back in time to save Lois Lane. And that's when I checked out. I said, all right, if he can do that, game over. 
game over. I'm so detached from this. Well, in the first uh, Superman, he saves a cat from a tree. <laughs> it's like we don't. It doesn't have to be that the world is constantly dying. Yeah. And and yeah. in fact, with the the earlier Superman movies, there was a lot of internal anger and frustration and rejection. And remember, he goes to the Fortress of Solitude, and he didn't want to be Superman anymore. It was more interesting. That was that was more interesting. Course, Flying around the world, inner yeah. angst that shows right. his angst, right. his character flaw, and so on. That's a lot more interesting. It's than the humanness. Spinning. That's yeah. what's so interesting. But that's the, what makes any superhero interesting, right. right? And they've forgotten about all of that. Absolutely, absolutely. They they're they're focusing so much on the spectacle I know. and this like the worlds are colliding. Now, great. I know Marvel movies are doing very very well, and congratulations to them. Hats off. But even the CG in uh, in in Black Panther was really awful. There were scenes. Really, there were scenes that were shot outside. There was a big waterfall scene in there. There was a fight, and um, it's kind of early on, maybe 10, 15 minutes into the movie. And there was a big fight between Black Panther and someone who was challenging his position. And it looked so fake. All the people looked very, very digitized. And there were actual shots. It was all outdoors, you know, in the middle of the afternoon, and the sun was beating down over this beautiful waterfall. And you could actually see some of the actors, like, because they, they shoot real people and then they'll fill in others with digital. Right. Some right. of the real people had double shadows. They wow. had yeah. twin shadows. And you're yeah. going, dude, this is sloppy. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I don't know how this, this passed the, their test of what are you doing? Yeah. It wasn't even good. You know, how many films are nominated now with Oscar? Is it ten. seven? Is ten. it ten? Up, to, it up, to, up ten. to ten. It could be yeah. less, yeah. but it's more than five like it used right. to be. Yeah, yeah. Cut to Robert's expression when it's nominated for film. It will be nominated. I don't think it'll win. I mean, yeah. oh, let me rephrase that. I, I would not be surprised if it's nominated, right. but I, I'm definitely rolling my eyes because this is, this is not the best film of the year. Right. And it shouldn't even really be in consideration. Right. Even if the, the popular film, you know, they were talking about making that popular category which they did away with they That's had right. it for a hot minute and then they got rid of it you feel even if it was nominated in that i, I don't category, think it should be nominated for that uh, they were what? but it was popular sure it was popular so in that sense if we define it that way i it thought should... i thought deadpool was better i thought yeah. thor ragnarok was better both of those were this year i think right yeah 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 so i think they're making a mistake of yeah. uh of the, the characters are becoming so unbelievable you need to humanize your characters humanize them and also there's a lot of logistical problems with all of this they've got this like fake um you know community this fake country in africa that has vibranium like access to vibranium which is the world's most precious mineral or whatever and if that's the country that that has that has all this wealth and opulence but it's top secret and they're not no one outside of the country knows they're real fucking dicks to everybody else that's in Africa. What about all the cool stuff you could do about saving people's lives? You have third world countries next to you who are people are starving and dying, and these are supposed to be the heroes? And movies fucked up. There's a lot of fucked up shit. At least with Tony Stark, at least with him, he makes no bones about it. I'm a fucking billionaire, and that's just what I'm I'm gonna be a billionaire. I'm gonna continue my industry and I'll do some cool stuff with my money. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I got these yeah. hot rods yeah. and I'm gonna live like a millionaire. Yeah. And I got pepper. Yeah. Cool. All yeah, right. Yeah. Gwyneth, I, I, and I think need? that's why the Tony Stark character to me is more appealing because he's got, he has some flaws. He has some vulnerability without his suit. He's nothing except for a smart guy. And that all seems to make a little bit more sense. Now it does get a little fantastical and I can suspend my disbelief like anybody right, else. Right. But it's too but, much. But the, but the foundation is more legitimate. Plus there you go. with Black Panther, there's black people in almost every scene, Ira. 
<laughs> well, they are 12% of our population. Oh. Oh, no. <laughs> anyway, what'd you watch this week? Woo! Yeah. I did not see a feature film. It's been a, a crazy full week. However, I binge watched something that it certainly has the quality of a feature film. I don't know if you're a fan of this. I think I briefly mentioned a few weeks ago um, the uh, marvelous Miss Maisel. Yeah, I love this show. Do you? And I don't know if it's a Robert show because you don't like Juice too much, but I this movie. I, we want I actually to, really love Juice. I know you do. Oh, Robert, yeah. I'm a Jew, therefore you love me. Do you know syllogistic I... reasoning? Mm-hmm. I love this show. It's it's a, a Amazon Prime. It's an original series, and again, I want to say. We've we broached this before. It is indeed the second golden age of television. A lot of these shows are so well produced. The production values are, are so impressive. The show won two Golden Globes. It won them for best series, and she won for best actress. In season two, it's in the Catskills. You know about the Catskills. Mm-hmm. Lots of Jews and stuff. And this is like in the, in the 40s and the 50s, and a lot of... Uh, uh, comedians, uh, Rodney Dangerfield, Jackie Mason, Don Rickles, they all got started there. It's its its so beautifully photographed and so well made with impressive, the sets and so on. I love the show. I love the acting. I love the look of the show. And so I binge watched episode, uh, season two of The Amazing Mrs. Maisel. Can I tell you something else that you need to binge watch if you haven't already say. started? Is that Escape from Denimora. You've been mentioning that and oh I will gosh, watch that. Oh my gosh, that show is so fucking good. What it's makes it so, so good? What good. is it that you're drawn the to about it? The acting is incredible. The writing is incredible. The f- cinematography is uh, beautiful. It's one of the best miniseries I've ever seen. It's it's in, it's in absolutely stunning. Benicio Del Toro is great. Paltano is great. Patricia Arquette is great. We Everybody's yeah. bringing their A game. Yeah. This is amazing. I mean, compared to this quality TV that's 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 streaming, it wasn't like this. I sound like an old fart, don't I? But like back in the seventies when we saw had like oh, the Rockford Files shows or that Love were, Boat or well, like yeah, yeah that were simply shot and they cute and they make you smile and there'd be a little bit of engagement and that engaging in the show. But that's it. We're seeing quality quality TV free. Well, it's feature film quality. I'll, I'll tell you why. Because television then was meant to be disposable. It was meant to be watched. As you caught it. So it was broadcast out through the airwaves. If you were home that night then and you caught that show, then that's cool. But it wasn't meant to be um, binge-watched. It wasn't meant to tell an overall storyline. Television is supposed to be about characters. It's supposed. To, Cheers is the best example of this. You check in with the characters that you like. They go through a situation. But the situation is almost inconsequential. It should right. be about the characters right. and their relationship. And they say funny things. Movies are about story. Movies are about beginning, middle, and end. And you want a conclusion of who done it, you know, how it wraps up, things like that. And our worlds are blending it's it's blending so much that television has become, especially with films, it starts with Sopranos and Oz, and then it moves into you know, The Wire and Breaking Bad and a lot of these other films in the, the early 2000s, early mid to late 2000s. All of it starts to become more about the character and, uh, and, and what happens to that character, like their overarching story. So it still retains that characterness, but it right. moves into a story. Right. And now we're starting to have more of... Less storyline in major cinema, and and we're starting to focus more on these characters. And yes, Marvel yes. is a great example yeah, of that. Yeah. And you just check in with the characters yeah. that you know, yeah. and what what happens this week really is inconsequential. So it flipped. These what, two, I mean, uh, let me give you an example. Give me what was the last? Did you have you seen any of the Marvel superhero movies? No, have you seen any of them? I still get Marvel confused with the other universe. The DC? Yeah, universe? yeah I do. Can, I do. can you Mention tell me? Marvel. Have you seen I, any superhero movie? Yeah, well, I saw Spider-Man: The Homecoming. Okay. Can you with tell you? me the 
the the plot like what was the story <laughs> it's so forgettable i can't i can't the stories go through me there's no retention for me with that no hmm. because they're they're not written yeah. well you yeah. don't really care about yeah. the storyline yeah you're right you're right you care about the character right right i don't remember the story in most of those movies and i've seen a, a lot of it. i think i missed a couple like two or three marvel movies that's I, they really feel like homework to me but yeah. that's why yeah and now, and now other streaming shows, and we mentioned this before with uh, Julia Roberts and Homecoming. Yeah. And it's really a good series. I don't think you've watched it yet. No, but, I, but I've heard about again, it. Again, it's, it's, it's so well made and, and, and acted. And you've got these A-list celebrities now doing the streaming, uh, the streaming shows. And we have access to it free. Yeah. It's, it's opened up a whole other layer of the golden age of TV. It's an exciting time. But it's unfortunate for feature films. That's your point because you know, they're they're getting more scaled down into. Yeah, I would change your I would change your moniker. I would go. I would say the golden age was the fifties of television, yes. and this is the platinum age because it's that good. Nice. How about that? Nice. For I, term? I love what you just came up with. I I embrace that. I'm with you on that because uh, the the television now is so superior to film. It really is fantastic. Yeah. You, you've got uh, most films are showing their age they're holding on to old antiquated ideas they're not innovating and television is innovating like crazy right right and with with uh, marvelous miss basil they replicated the cat skills and they brought back they, it was so textured it was so detailed right i'm probably too aware of cinematography but the camera was doing beautiful things not distracting not pulling me out but just adding another layer of enjoyment for me yeah it was so well made feature film quality yeah the way yeah. movies used to be, not so much the way they are now, actually, because you're saying that many feature films of today, the superheroes, yeah. are being diluted and, and simplified. That's what I think. Yeah, yeah, nice. Hey, man. So, that was it. Good. You want to talk about uh, Welcome to Marwin? Do you want to do that? Do you feel like doing a letter? Or do you yeah. Want, uh, what, what are you in the mood for? Uh, I do. Doing, I want to mention a, a, a quickly, there were a few things that some people submitted. I, You know, last week we talked about... Sneaky seniors, top Excuse five me. sneaky seniors. You're about to do. Uh, oh, yeah. my bad. Yeah, nice try there, Robert. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. Mm -hmm. Some are old, some are new. We now present the week in review. No, Go. we did that. That's the week in review. You oh, dummy! Wait, I read the wrong one. Yeah. Did I do that once before? Yeah. Wait, gotta tell you, unfortunately, we must. The following people they turned to dust. I don't think you oh, wait, should be allowed to say one. it. That's the wrong one too. Here, let me try this one. Actually, what a weirdo! Help us make our podcast better. We look forward to reading your letter. Boom! What's a podcast? Podcast. Podcast. All right. <laughs> Have you been drinking some eggnog? We look forward to reading. Yeah, help us make our podcast. Okay. Anyway, talk to me. What was it? Oh, Sneaky Seniors. Sneaky Seniors last week. And we have a few additional ones. Yeah, some we? people submitted some that we forgot about. Yeah. And, uh, and there's some good ones here. There we've, are. We've got Lost Boys, because remember the... Did you see Lost Boys? I did, but I'm trying to remember who so was So it is mainly about boys, but it all turns out that the, uh, the main yeah. vampire was the grandfather. Right. Yes. Yeah, that's that's right. So that's really good. Uh, dirty rotten scoundrels, right? So they were yeah. like, yeah, they were trying to sneak. What there was like a big scam that they were trying to pull on yeah. everybody. Yeah. Uh, Saw. Did you see the Saw movies? I I only watched part of one, but tell me who was the sneaky senior in that? He it was the the whole killer was a an older guy. He was like a sixties or seventies year old. Sixties or yeah, old. He, Older, I said. Oh, okay. I didn't say he was old. Okay. I just, right. He was right. older than okay. your average bear. But he uh, he was the main killer. Yeah. Jigsaw. Got it. The Our score? Also, That's now, a great tell one. Tell me about the score. This is the one movie he mentioned I hadn't heard of. Oh, this I, was the Robert De Niro and um, 
Oh, what's his name? Oh, what's his name is, is slipping my mind. De Niro, uh, Marlon Brando is in it right before he died, and uh, he was notoriously hard to work with. And uh, oh, was he sneaky? Fuck, who's the guy? Yeah. Uh, well, there. The whole premise is that it's a it's a last score kind of thing. They got to pull off the heist, and De Niro and fuck, what's his name? Big actor, the guy who everybody. He's a phenomenal actor. Producer Joey is on it. Yeah, she'll find it. Okay. All right. Uh, anyway, they're they're double crossing each other Got and they it. keep tricking each other and thinking they they're trying to work together to pull off this heist, but at the same time they have to try to outsmart each other because they want to double cross each other and, and get away with the loot. Who is it, producer Joey? Did you find it yet? She didn't find it. Mm. Uh, while producer Joey is working on that, the reader also mentioned Back to the Future. I yeah. assume he means Doc Brown. Yeah. Was Doc Brown sneaky? He was definitely yeah. a senior. Yeah. He was. He was. He was sneaky. Yeah. That ulterior motives kind of. And I got one that, uh, that, that we didn't mention, which is also Wall Street. You know, uh, and and especially if you think Wall Street Two, oh. the Wolf. What's what is it? The no, Wolf that, of that Wall was, Street. I thought it was Wolf of Wall Street. Oh. The those the, never sleeps. What's it called? Wall Street Two. Remember the sequel? Yeah, the sequel. Well, Michael Douglas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kirk Douglas's son. Oh, him. Yeah. I wonder if he's still alive. The score. Who's it? Who was the older? Did you pull it up? Did you pull um, but in the original Wall Street, are you saying that the sneaky senior? Well, I, yeah, Michael Douglas, but I don't think he was that old in that movie. He was probably what in his forties, I guess. Right, so I right. guess he was. You Eli remember. Wallach was in that film. Was he? Yes, he was in that. Hmm. But he wasn't sneaky. Edward Norton. That's that, what oh, at, in the score. the score. Okay, all right. So these are Doc Brown. I guess he was sneaky in his own way. Yeah, anyway, yeah. these are five good. Well, six. I, I got Wall Street in there too. Oh, you mentioned Wall Street, so this is fun. Yeah, sneaky senior. Wall Street too. I say. Got it. Good. All right. What's happening to this show? What? What? Everything's going on. Yeah. Hey, man, let's talk about Welcome to Marwin. Let's do it, and Robert, talk us through it. Welcome to Marwin centers around a Steve Carell uh, character named Mark, and he's created his own uh, little imagination land called Marwin, and that's a, a, a amalgamation of his name and the, the name of Wendy, who's a woman who found him. Lying in the street after he'd been beaten almost to death, left for dead after a, a big gang of uh, neo-Nazis, basically, who were homophobic. They beat him all up because he reveals that he likes to wear women's shoes. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Clearly. And so he's got severe post-traumatic stress disorder. Uh, he builds this entire little imaginary town, fills it with some G.I. Joes and Barbie dolls, and starts taking pictures of all of the characters in his tiny town and uh and really becomes quite skilled at taking some photographic images the town we should say is set in the world war ii area era of belgium and it's a fictitious town called marwin and um this is all based on a true story guy actually did did happen to him and the town is now called marwin call and that's named after a woman named Colleen. That's right. In the movie, it's Nicole. Nicole, without the e. that. Yeah, they <laughs> kind of messed that. I'm not sure why they did that, but that's yeah. what they did. Yeah. And um, yeah, that's that's kind of it. That's it's all it. about his his relationship with the the fictitious dolls. characters and his yeah the dolls yeah. in his in his town, and then how he relates to society at the yeah. same time. Well said. And who's gonna go first? I'll go first. You're gonna go first. Yeah, because I already know how you feel. About you, this do. Movie. you do. I can, you? I can see you can on your just body tell language. My body language. Yeah. I'm ready. I'm revved up. You, you gotta, go first. You do a slow nod when you're ready to rip. Is it that or right? Something. Yeah. Yeah. But when I like something, what do I do? <laughs> you stay very still and you're like, uh-huh. It's a different kind of nod. Um, okay, so I want to say this. You know, we have we've talked about films that have all of the stuff that's perfect. Uh, films that 
are well acted. They're beautiful, and they have all of the pieces there. But for whatever reason, they just don't resonate with you. And for some reason, this movie didn't have any of those things, and it still kind of resonated with me. I didn't like the movie. I would say it's average, but I can already tell I liked it more than you did. I don't know. I like Steve Carell. I could watch the guy do just about anything. It. This was a. This is a bad movie. This is not a good movie. It's um. It's not shot especially well. It's okay. The acting is way over the top. The writing is really bad. But there's something that just kind of feels okay. It's like candy to me. You're you're puzzled to hear me say that, huh? Yeah. 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 What do you think? It's an ambitious movie. I was yeah. a piece of shit. I fucking hated it. Why? I fucking hate this movie. I thought it was just a mishmash of nothing. For me, it was a total disconnect. Robert, I knew in the first 11 minutes of the film, it was going to be a misfire for me. Nothing resonated with me. I was not emotionally connected in any way. After the first 10 minutes, I wanted to check out of the film. It was, again, it was a misfire. I had no emotional response. We should mention Zemeckis... We've praised him before in previous podcasts Have as a we? director. Yes. Oh, I think he's a trash director. No, you don't. I really do. I, no. Oh, we've talked. I thought we both admire his work because um, they're all unique. All right. Wait, before no, you say it, trash director. Wait. Are we talking about the same person? Before, Robert let Zemeckis? Me just, let yeah. me rattle off real fast. Yeah. He's responsible for directing some of the... Romancing the Stone. Eh. and Who framed Roger Rabber? Eh. Forrest Gump. Uh, the Walk. I, I did not like which, Forrest Gump. I wasn't crazy about it. The walk, which was based on Man on Wire, you know, uh, that's all right. That was pretty was, good. And and I thought that he does unique. Back to the things. Future is does, great. Back the whole the, series is awesome. You know, that you 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 can't attack that. But Polar Express is was a really that was hard to sit through. Beowulf it was interesting, but I never really need to see that movie again. I mean, he does he tries some stuff. He tries to be experimental, but it's always the same computer generated. He he just believes in the computer stuff way too much. Just get back to basics, man. Movie making is not broken. Everybody's just trying to reinvent the wheel. I thought movies like I can appreciate the Roger Rabbit and The but... Walk, Romancing the Stone. I think these are all kind of special movies. I do, I do, I do. I put this movie in the same category as as the Pope documentary, as the other side of the wind. I'm putting the same category of, what was that dog movie we saw by Wes Isle Thomas? Isle of Dogs. Isle of Dogs. And also the uh, connective with, with, what's his name? Kirk you know, Cameron. Kirk Cameron. Those the, now I have five films that I... I was this deplore. worse than... Okay, was this worse than Isle of Dogs? No. Yeah. It's close. I, I think no, Isle of Dogs was worse. I do too. I do too. This, I felt no connection with what was going on. I couldn't wait for this thing to end. Mm -hmm. I couldn't wait for this thing to end. Again, it's ambitious. It's really cool what they're doing. Let blah, me just blah, say blah, the CGI. What the? I while, was. While I. There were parts of so me that muddled. kind of liked it. I totally get what you're saying. And I think, I, I think this podcast really serves to the kind of audience that would not enjoy that film. And I do think it's important for, occasionally for us to check in. This is total Hollywood. This is a Hollywood film. It's about as Hollywood as it gets. Um, it was very predictable. Uh, it, it it was you know it's got Hollywood actors and actresses in it, and um, and it's got the Hollywood director. It was released by Universal and DreamWorks. Like this is this is not an anti wave film, uh, even though it could have been. The only anti wave beats in it are that he wears women's clothes. It's only the heels. Well. 
Is that right? Uh, right. Yeah, yeah only, only the heels. heels. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, but that I well, guess is clothing. Yeah. But yeah, I, we're splitting hairs at a yeah. certain point. Yeah. That's about the only unique aspect of it being anti-wave. I can't there think was, of anything else that was anti-wave. No, and I, I will get to that in a moment about the anti-wave film mm-hmm. and how it was or, or wasn't. But um, but I do think it's fun to sometimes take our model of of analyzing films and apply it to the traditional Hollywood film. I didn't like the romantic interest, and I see I was really drawn to the shopkeeper. And I was hoping that he was be with her. And of course, at the end, he was with her instead. Yeah. No, I saw that. I, no, that woman. Let me just. I'm interrupting you. Go ahead. That woman, the neighbor, does not exist in any reality. The woman who lived across the street. Yes, Nicole. Yes, was yes her name. Nicole with an e at the end. That woman. Without does, the e. You're right. Without. I'm sorry. What was I drinking earlier? That woman without the e does not exist in any reality. She was beautiful. She was listening to him. She was compassionate. She was there for him on an emotional level. And that's that's crazy ass shit. It was too good. Of course, it all backfired at the end with the famous proposal scene, which is one of my money shots, which we'll get to in a minute. But I want to say that I wasn't buying into that character. And I actually like that one redeeming thing was the end beat where he does kind of, it's implied he's going to end up with the more frumpy store clerk. Can That's what I wanted him to be with. Go. Well, of course you wanted him to be with that because they set it up at the beginning. Producer Joey and I saw the movie together. When we walked out, she said, well, this wasn't very anti-wave. I guess the only anti-wave thing is that he ends up with the not-so-hot, beautiful woman at the end. And I said, oh, oh, oh. But even that now, was- But wait a minute. I said, she came on to him early on, and he kind of politely you know, uh, turns her away and is like, oh, I'm kind of busy. She's asking him out to, you know, to go to sushi and all these other things. And so if she's like throwing herself out there and he turns her down and then gets with this other woman who is clearly not right for him, right? Because she's too good for him. Right. That's right. And if he does get with her, then he actually looks more like a dick. But instead, by realizing, by, by having some sort of um, emotional arc and overcoming his, say, his, his love arced, for Nicole. Which made it more of a Hollywood yes. film. His character arced at the end, which made it more of a Hollywood film, which actually right. made it less anti-wave. Yes. So even that was not anti-wave. So the fact Got that it. he didn't end up with the traditional Hollywood person actually was more Hollywood, I would say. He fit, he fit with the person who was his, his real fit, the woman who ran the, the doll store. Right, right. The hobby store. Yeah, even yeah. though she was kind of plain, frumpy a little bit overweight but we want him to be with her but still attractive still attractive in her own way right and you're right so he arced he grew at the end he got it and that's not anti-wave at yeah. all is it yeah i know all that stuff and you know the one the evil doll we we knew it's going to be his own inner demons like right. oh man i fucking knew that you knew that right away and act it's going to be his him it's, it's his own stuff his inner demons that are acting out with that and i've got to tell you this is i think you're going to agree with what i'm about to say Robert, I like it when there's in a film where the director might be doing a nod, a wink of a previous movie. We saw that in the last mm-hmm. Halloween. You know where I'm going, don't you? Yeah. That? We saw that in the last Halloween movie, which was directed by, help me out here. Um, John Carpenter. Yeah. But, but and, it wasn't directed by him. Right. But there it, was a John, because the series he was, he originated with it. him. Yeah. Then there was a wink there. And I love that stuff. This was over the top with Back to the Future references, which really 
angered me. I like a subtle nod. But here we see the car, the time machine, which looked very much like a DeLorean, didn't it? And they saw the DeLorean. We saw that the we saw it also when it it goes off, and we see the tire tracks of flames right. that was taken right out of back. I was waiting for someone to say, "In the future, they don't need roads." I was waiting for that line, and I thought it's too much. It's too much. It's too cute and self-conscious. Yeah. Self-aware is what you're thinking. Yeah. Self-aware. Self-conscious, self-aware. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Not self-conscious. Self-aware. I I don't know why. I I can't explain the appeal of this film to me. I don't get that. And yet I totally understand where you're coming from. Um, I did enjoy it. I guess there's part of me that still has a soft spot for... Just candy movies. This this is a movie that you could have on in the background and just yeah, you know exactly where it's going to go. You don't really need to watch. If you're doing something and you need something on in the background, I for me it's hard to turn off certain films um, because I, I feel like I have to pay attention. I have to watch. I have to see what's going on. And this is not that film. You had mentioned, and we know that this was based on, it's a true story, and there's a documentary. Did you happen to see the documentary? I did not. I Marwin Call. I is would the be interested docu- in I would wa- like to. I bet the documentary is much, much better than the, really narr- well. than the I mean, narrative film. Yeah, I know it got a lot of awards. Right, I'd love to see that now. Prestigious I would film love festivals to see and stuff like that. And again, Zemeckis did this before when he made The Walk. That was based on the documentary uh, Man on Wire. Right. So we've seen him do that before, but... Um, Man, I was detached. It didn't resonate at all. I couldn't wait for it to end. I couldn't wait for it to end. It was a long movie. It was almost You know two why? Hours. Why? Zemeckis is a trash director. I, I don't like that generalization. I'm not comfortable with it. Um, and again, I'm well, rattling off quite a few movies submit that are evidence, admirable. Evidence A. This movie. This movie. Agreed. But sorry, when you're including other things like Roger Rabbit and eh. yeah, and go back and back watch Roger Rabbit. Don't watch Roger Rabbit Romancing in 1989. The stone was a lot no, wait, of fun. wait, wait. Don't watch Roger Rabbit in 1989. Watch it in 2018. What do you, you say? What, you what think. do you think it's going to be different? Because you haven't seen it in, in you pointed 20 that years. Out. You were right when you made that argument with The Rock. Remember, yeah. you said that to me. Seriously. And I looked at you and I thought it was a nifty movie. I saw it in the theater. You know this. Yeah. And then I happened to watch it on TV a few months ago, and I came to you. I said, "You're right. It doesn't." doesn't hold up it's it awful. just doesn't it's really it's bad. dated it yeah. just doesn't work anymore do you feel that um roger rabbit yeah. will fall in that same it, it does not work well i mean it's 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 funny how much there really isn't to roger rabbit uh it, it i shouldn't say it's bad it's okay but it could have been a lot better I, I almost feel like it needed a sequel and there are some really cool moments in it you know i i've mentioned before about uh you know when you've got mickey mouse and and roger rabbit together on screen and uh, not not Roger, uh, Bugs Bunny. Yeah, you mentioned that. And yeah, that's really that. cool. There's some cool stuff that's yeah. going on. There's yeah. some neat moments, but I, that's about it. The movie itself is not that great. Hmm. Well, there you go. Yeah. So, Money Shot, Anti-Wave. Which do you want to talk about first? Uh, let's do Anti-Wave. Anti-Wave. How, how anti is this movie? Yeah. I thought long and hard on this. We we both more or less articulated the point already. Yeah. But go ahead. Expound on a little bit. I think I'd give this movie a one. Yeah. Well, <laughs> this is a Hollywood movie done by a director who is a, who's a darling. Yeah. Even though you think... He, but he's still a darling director. For sure. Yeah, you know what absolutely. I mean? Absolutely. I would agree so with you there. So that is certainly not anti-wave. And... Um, the only way I could, I tried real hard to put it on the anti-wave scale. I was struggling with this driving home. The fact it's... We see these dolls come to life with their artificial joints. Perhaps that style of filmmaking 
You're really I'm stretching. Trying. I am. Yeah. I'm really trying to make it work. I'm not buying what I'm saying, but I'm desperately trying to make the argument that maybe that's a little bit anti-wave. You know what's funny? Yeah. yeah. What? What if Zemeckis was sitting right here right now? Could you imagine how much we'd be gushing over this movie? You know, I loved this movie so much. That's funny. Would we be doing that? Well, Are I you think saying we'd, we'd really off? be trying to soft shoe the the this movie. I mean, I look. I have I do have a lot of respect for Robert Zemeckis. I call him a trash director, but that's only because I don't think he's turned out the best films. I think he's experimenting too much in front of everybody else. He should go do his experiments and then turn out quality films. And some of the stuff, fucking Polar Express was creepy, and. He's trying to, to do stuff that just isn't working. You know, I have the Blu-ray of that. It's in 3D. Oh, I'm so I've got sorry. The, I have the glasses. Why that do you own it? Glasses. Yeah, yeah. I like Tom Hanks. Anyway, what a disappointment this was. You liked it more than I did. I did. I, I liked it more than you did, but I still... I mean, I think I would just barely give this a passing grade. Yeah. But on the on the money shot scale, I'm with you. I can't I can't go any higher than a two point one. Oh, you're talking about anti wave scale. So what did I just say? The money shot, the the anti wave scale, yeah. the anti wave scale, two point one. That can't go any higher than that. What are you, you're hovering on a one? I, I think it's, it's about a one. Yeah, it's not an anti. This is this is it's, not an anti wave film. Yeah. yeah. Well, there you go. All right. Yeah. Let's talk money shots. Money shots. What All you right, got? What, what are you going to remember about this movie in five years? What yeah. shots? Yeah. I'm going to remember that shot of the bad guy almost running over the Jeep. There's a real, uh, there's a scene where Steve Carell's character, he's, he, he always walks around with his characters in this little army Jeep and he leaves it by the side of the road inexplicably. He says, I never go anywhere without my toys. And for no reason, he leaves it on the side of the road to walk across the street and help his next door, or his, not his next door neighbor, across the street I'll neighbor. I'll tell you why. So it's convenient for the next scene when the car pulls up and he... Okay, the, bad the, the bad guy pulls, guy pulls up and pulls almost up, right. runs over it. Right. That's and why. Like, that's why the scene was in there. But there is something else that I think is your money shot as well, which is when he finally proposes to the woman across the street. Robert. This is, this is your money shot, right? How'd you know that? Well, first of all, you already tipped it earlier in the show. But second of all, I it's did. such an extreme shot. How could it not be your money shot? So let me paint the picture for you. In uh, in his fictitious world, the character, the the main character that represents himself, has proposed to this new woman, and uh, and and they're about to get married. And so Steve Carell's character, Mark, he winds up kind of mimicking his own imagination and winds up proposing to his neighbor and tries to take her hand in marriage. And then she has to tell him no, and she gets up. And walks, I think she goes to get him something to drink or something like that. And she leaves him sitting there. He doesn't move. He's just motionless sitting there. And not only is this a, it's it's a really interesting shot. And I I did like that moment a lot uh, where he's just frozen for a long time. I have something to tell you. I don't know if I've ever told you this story. Uh, A long time ago. When you proposed to Joey, you were hunched over like that? This predates Joey. No, I, when I, when I'm. When I proposed to Joey, I was yeah, I got down on one knee. She was there. I know. I moved. Yeah. What did she say? She said, "Let me think about it." And I said, "You think about it?" No, uh, she said, "Yeah." This predates Joey. This is a long time ago, but there was a girl that I was gaga over, and uh, she lived in St. Louis, and she had a choice in her job. She could either take a promotion, she was going to move to I think like New Hampshire, or she was thinking about quitting her job. And if she quit, she was going to move out to Los Angeles. And so 
I was determined to try to get her to move out to Los Angeles. I was living out here. She and I would talk on the phone every day, and she would come out and visit me and stuff. And I would, I'd been to see her once or twice. And I said, man, I've really got to convince this girl to come out. So my buddy loaned me some money. I was broke, so broke. And I flew to St. Louis with this whole kind of like plan to try to convince her to come out to Los Angeles. And so, you know, meet her at the airport and we're talking. We go see this movie and everything. And um, we go back to her, her house after the movie and dinner. And I tell her, you know, listen, I, you know, I really, I kind of give my whole spiel. I'm like, now it's time, you know, it's time to try to really convince her to come out to Los Angeles. And I'm telling her all of this stuff. And um, as I'm telling her all of this, you know, I, I tell her, she says, well, I need to tell you, uh, I have a boyfriend and, uh, you know, he, he and I, uh, you, you know, we, we've been seeing each other for quite some time. And then she laughs at me and she got up and she took my picture. She had a Polaroid camera. She took my picture told me this. and she went to bed and I sat there on her couch going, what the f- she Fuck. took a picture of you with your mouth agape. Just, just agape. Star- yeah. yeah. Just, uh, and because we had been romantic. You know, it, it was physical. It wasn't, I mean, it, it wasn't my imagination. It wasn't me creating things. It was what happened when you came out to Los Angeles? What happened when we're talking constantly? Like, what, you're, you're cheating on your boyfriend. And why am I staying in your house? Like, what's, what's this all about? It's totally fucked up. And I sat on her couch. I could not move because I was so just shot in the gut. And I stayed, stayed there for, it was about an hour and a half. And I could not move. And I finally was like, what the fuck? Like, I finally kind of came to. And I checked the time and I was like, I've been sitting here for an hour and a half. I, I just, my mind was reeling. Never been blindsided like that. Wow. And I, I felt Steve Carell's pain in that moment. And you know what? Maybe that's why you like the movie more than Possibly. I. No, I'm serious. Yeah, it my, resonated maybe. with you on that emotional level. It impressed for that one beat. I think I liked it more before that moment. I do too. too. I'm being a little bit facetious, but yeah, yeah. Wow. You told me that story once before. Yeah. And she took a picture. Yeah. What was her motivation for doing I don't that? know. Did she keep a, a she laughed. of Polaroid she pictures laughed. of all the she men pulled she a picture fucked over? Yeah. Like, out of guess. I don't yeah. know. Women are bitches. Uh, then she went to yeah. bed. Oh, oh, except for Joy. Yeah. 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 And then she went to bed. Yeah. yeah. So then, you know, I proposed to her and she's married. And that's producer Joey. That's how producer Joey and I met. <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, look at the look she gives him. <laughs> I don't think producer Joey is capable of doing that kind of thing. No, I can see a dark side in this woman. No. <laughs> Yeah. What was your money That's shot? That's my money shot also. Yeah. I like the way it was a long shot. And the it camera really was, was stationary. Yeah. Uh, is the, can I say stationary? Or, is the word static proper? or Either. Sta- yeah. Either. There's two words yeah, are almost synonymous. The camera was standing still. And it went on for quite a while. And she was groping and trying to get out of an awkward situation. He was hunched over. And it was a powerful, penetrating moment for me too. I think he was kneeling, I, wasn't he? I think was, he was, he was on kneeling. one knee. He was on one knee. And she says, get and up, he was, and he yeah, doesn't move. Yeah, and he wouldn't get up. Yeah, 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 yeah. That indeed was a... It was such an honest moment yeah. in the film. That's it. It was so honest, and I did emotionally connect with that. I had two money shots. That was one with real people, and the other was with the dolls. This was in the first third of the movie. It was what, by the way, all these women, the dolls' legs. I think there was, the director had a thing for women's legs. They were scantily clad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, was I getting aroused? 
maybe a little bit. But I like the scene where... So you jerk off in the first five minutes and you're in your refractory period for the rest of the movie and that's why you didn't like it. I was sleepy. But the uh, the Steve Carell character was being tortured and they were um, they were whipping on the back by the Nazi character. And there was one moment where the girls were marching to the compound and they get out bottles of vodka and to like say, let's party with you Nazi evil people. We've got vodka. But instead they light the bottle and it turns into like Molotov cocktails and they throw them in. And that reminded me of the climactic moments of Inglorious Bastards. Right. It really reminded me of that. And that was a pretty cool beat. That's my second money shot. Well, <laughs> you're just looking at me. Right? I'm just listening to yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. So, um, oh, all right. What a misfire. Let's move on. See, welcome, this is this is what happens when we don't pick a movie in advance, Ira. Remember last week we were like, "What movie do we pick? What movie do we pick?" And we picked live on on the air. We picked which movie, right? So remember, now we need to start picking well in advance. I don't see how there's a cause and effect between these two variables. What, we we picked too to fast. Do? We should we have found a better movie. But I think to pick. we would have picked this movie anyway. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe I don't know. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So let's move on. Who died this week? Oh, the dead corner got to tell you. I'm going to do the right ditty this time. Unfortunately, we must. The following people, they done turn to dust. Who died? We lost the following people in the industry in the last seven days. John Ford Noonan, a 77-year-old John Ford died? with a Noonan. Noonan. Uh, American actor. This guy was in Adventures and Babysitting, and he was also in Flirting with Disaster. Next stop, Greenwich Village. Are you familiar? Do you know who he was in Adventures and Babysitting? I Can you look that up? I love John Ford Noonan. N-O-O-N-A-N. Are you familiar with Next Stop Greenwich Village? Does that I mean anything to you? I have heard of it. I don't think I've seen Paul it. Paul Mazursky, one of my favorite directors, did that film. Anyway, John Ford Noonan is dead. We lost 74-year-old uh, Stephen Dashowitz, American actor and a stuntman. He was in Friday the 13th, Part 2. Hmm. He was also in The Jazz Singer, the one with Neil The Diamond, newer one. Not Neil Diamond one. Right. Yeah. The one, the one with Neil Diamond, jazz singer. Yeah, not the one from 1932. That's correct. Yeah, Miami. Yeah, yeah, okay. And I was also in Nighthawks. Peter Masterson was an 84-year-old American writer and also a director and an actor. This guy did a lot. And he was he wrote the book, the the actual Broadway playbook to Best Little Shore Whorehouse in Texas. Hmm. He directed The Trip to Bountiful. That's a beautiful film. Have you ever seen that? Never even heard of it. You never heard of it? Geraldine Page won the Oscar for Best Actress in Trip to Bountiful. It's a lovely film. And as an actor, he was in The uh, the Exorcist. And uh, Mary Stuart Masterson, his daughter. How Mm. about that? Okay. We also lost um, 87-year-old British-born American actor Donald Moffat. He was The Thing, the, the remake of The Thing, The Right Stuff, Clear and Present Danger. The Right Stuff was so good. It was a great movie. Remember, we were talking about it when we were comparing it to The First. Remember the movie The First a few weeks ago? The Right Stuff was a damn good movie. And I think we have our answer. Yeah, so John Ford Noonan was the tow truck driver from Adventures in Babysitting. He only had one hand. He had the hook claw. Oh, God, you remember that? Look how you remember that. We just saw that recently. Oh, that's right. Yeah, we just watched it recently. Does that hold up? I, yeah, I'm hoping it does. I'm hoping it does. It's still watchable. Yeah, okay. Yeah. okay. Yeah, it's, it's got some moments. However, out of all these deaths, the Dead Corner Spotlight Award goes to Penny Marshall. And, you know, I got to tell you, this this hurts. And not just me, but yeah. people are really reacting to this. She was 75 years old, American actress. And so many people associate her, of course, with Laverne and Shirley. I want to say that that sitcom, the the, the dynamic she had with, with, um, with what's her name, with um, Cindy Williams. Yeah. yeah, Cindy Williams, 
A lot of people compare it to the early Lucille Ball, the physical comedy. The coordination between the two of them was really quite clever and so well orchestrated. And she was such a hit on that show. But of course, this being a podcast about film, we've got to acknowledge her as being a, a grade A, an A-list director right. responsible for Big, A League of Their Own, and many other films too. She was the first female director to make a film that generated over $100 million hundred thousand dollars you know so. the other thing too about her is it's always tragic when people die and you feel like they still had something left in them yes and i feel like she still could have had a couple of films in there that would have been like yes. oh yeah that was good yeah. i don't think she was done you know that like when phil hartman died everyone was upset because phil hartman so young i mean he still could be rearing out them. stuff right, right? and uh, i mean what a tragic loss and tragic such a tragic way for phil hartman you know, at least with with Penny Marshall, she died from you know what diabetes complications. Yes, diabetes. So, yeah. I mean, at least it's a little bit more organic, I guess. But man, I think that that just that's so sad because she had more stories left to tell. Absolutely, other movies too. The preachers. Preacher's Wife, mm. you know, she directed that too. And and part of the emotional angst that so many people are feeling is because of the sitcom. And people loved that show in the 70s, you know, with the poodle skirt and the L for Laverne on the skirt. And we just feel like it. we connected with her on a different visceral level in addition to being an A-list director. So she's gone. We lost Penny Marshall. And her brother died last year, Gary mm. Marshall. You know, it was a, a pretty woman and so on. Um and, and created Laverne and Shirley. So anyway, the Marshalls, they're both gone. Yeah. That's it for the Spotlight Award. And we also lost Kirk Douglas. He's dead too. Okay. Well, he has plenty of more stuff to do as well. Kirk Douglas? Yeah. He's 102. He's got plenty it's more films left in him. to let go, you know? Oh, he's got he tons of movies He should go to Florida, left. play Shuffleboard. He can play Scrabble. He... Hey, there is someone that we need to take off the dead corner list oh do tell yes someone who didn't die that we thought was dead who could that be <laughs> frank underwood oh the character in uh house of cards yeah yeah tell, so, us, tell us about this this right. is a great in the news thing kevin spacey is back and uh if you haven't seen it yet just go to youtube and type in let me be frank me this be came frank. out just a few hours ago it's a it's a bizarre video and I think everyone is calling it bizarre. Uh, it just came out a few hours ago. We watched it right before the show. And it's um, Kevin Spacey in apparently the character from House of Cards. Which he is spoke like Frank it in the Underwood. right accent. Right, right. right. And it's him obviously talking about the end of the show and how his character was kind of killed off inexplicably. But, uh, and, but also at the same time kind of addressing the, the accusations that have been levied against him for some of the sexual stuff that he's been accused of. And also it came out, uh, I think today or yesterday that he's being charged with, uh, a crime. So they're actually, it's, it's not just the stuff that happened in the eighties, but they're actually levying real charges oh, against him. I didn't know that. It's very weird. It is weird. It's an odd move. It's an odd move. It's a short, what is it like eight minutes long? Or oh, something? I think it's like three or four minutes. Three or I don't four minutes. That's eight. it. And uh, I'm asking, I think our, our viewers should watch this. And I think he's giving a giant fuck you, not to the viewers, but to the powers that be yeah. for the Cirque for what happened. He is, it is a fuck you. Yeah. It's, it's something, it's, it's fascinating. And it also made me feel sad. It made me feel sad watching him. It's like a downfall of a person and he's fighting back. And <laughs> what, are, what are you laughing? Because it's so fucking weird. Yeah. It's so weird. I mean, I, 
this uh, what I'm laughing about is not only do I agree with you, it's kind of like when someone is dying and some people laugh, you know, as yeah. that's the way that I'm laughing right now. It's like this is so fucked up. It's just there's nothing else to do but laugh. Who would at tell him. him to make that video? Not his agent. Not as groomer. I don't think he not has an agent anymore. I think they've disowned. So he did this on him. his own. He put it on YouTube, and it's Probably. it's disturbing and but sad. There's, there's someone operating the camera because yeah. they're actually tracking him falling around. So somebody is is approving of this on some level, and I, I suspect is the camera moving. Yeah, I thought it was stationary. Camera actually fa- tracks him around. It moves oh, with him, okay. and. So he, I don't think he set it up and then walked. And it looks right. like there's real lighting. It looks yes. like he's on a yes. set. So yeah. I doubt that he did all of that himself. It's strange. It is strange. And you're saying that they already started parodies. There's YouTube parodies yeah, there's already. already. People, uh, reaction video, videos and people. This thing went live just a few hours ago. Is yeah. that right? Yeah. yeah. And there's already parodies about it. It's quite odd and disturbing and sad to watch. Watch it. <laughs> It's almost like watching a human train wreck. Yeah. Are we endorsing that behavior? Should we be telling people to watch that? That's a great know. point. That's a great point. Well, we're a podcast about films, so I think so because well, we talk I've, about these things. I think also, look, we, that is something that we have talked about in in this on this podcast before, Harvey Weinstein. I think he's a real piece of shit, and I think everything that he did is is most likely true and probably then some. There's probably a lot of stuff that hasn't even come out about him. But there is a court system that we have here, and we've already convicted him in the court of public opinion, right. uh, you know, banning him from the Oscars that and things like that. Lot. He has not been convicted of anything. He's been kicked out of the producers' board in the, in, the, in the academy. He's no longer a member of that, and we need to think back to what the movies he brought us 10, 15, 20 years ago. He brought us some incredible films that we wouldn't have seen with Miramax, his old company, Miramax, and this made these really cool, small films accessible to us so he was a really important legitimate producer and it bothers me he was kicked out of the academy he should still be acknowledged as a slime dog a bad person but still as a producer he got the job done should we what should the reaction be for some of these organizations i mean should the should the oscars and the producer board should they should the reaction be we're going to suspend him and until you know, we've conducted our own investigation and determined the merits of these charges. Or if he's found guilty of these crimes, then the suspension will be permanent. Doesn't it feel like there should be some sort of like, give him a chance at least? Yeah, yeah. There should be a. Um, I seriously a doubt that the Oscar board brought in Harvey Weinstein and said we'd like to just discuss no, our not. the charges with. The, there's no, no way. It was the court of public opinion. It was the court of public opinion, and then with the uh, the Me Too movement and Times Up movement and all that stuff, and they had to bend to political pressure. Of course, on the other side, do they owe it to him? I mean, it, this is a private organization; it's not a government-run organization. They're allowed to do whatever they, they want. They can do whatever they want, but I still think it was not it was an unfair decision. Look, Robert, we've talked about this before. It brings up all the stuff, even going back to Woody Allen. You know, it, can we separate the artist from the person? There you go. It's really the same argument by extension. Uh, can we still support Woody Allen movies because they're still solid, good movies, or do we want to boycott them because of what he supposedly did? It's weird that some people kind of get a pass and others don't. Yes. Some people have gotten a pass, huh? Like yeah. Woody. Yeah. Woody's gotten a pass. Yeah. I think part of it's just because he's older. He's of that school, and it's kind of like, oh, whatever. There, there has been a reaction to him, for sure. Absolutely. And there has been a... Um, I mean, there's some people that won't work with him. Some people right. that have openly regretted their work with him, uh, but others continue to do it. So 
He has gotten... Roman Polanski. I'm interrupting. I'm yeah. sorry. No, no, Roman no, no. Polanski. Great example. He won the Oscar, but he yeah. couldn't go to accept it because right. if he came back to the United States, he'd be arrested. Right. Is that correct? Yeah. Well, how about that? So here's the Academy. Here's the Academy. Not only was he nominated, but he won the Oscar for which film? It was P- the pianist. pianist. I'm not sure if he won or he got he... nominated. I know he was nominated. Okay, regardless, the argument still makes sense. Whether sure. he won or was nominated, he couldn't so be he's here being for this acknowledged ceremony. and he couldn't show up, but they were still tipping their hat and acknowledging him as an artist. But remember, there, that too was... Another example, half the audience didn't stand for him. Like when there was some, they called out his name and half the people stood and the right, other half didn't. Right, right. But the Academy still allowed him to be nominated. Yeah. Right. And all he did was butt rape a teenage girl. So what? She was 13. She was begging for it. Yeah, she wanted it. She was teenage. She wanted his cock. And her butt. Yeah, what else is new? Women. What's up, Producer Joey? Hey, look at Joey's age. <laughs> I think we might have crossed a line. Nah, not yeah. us. All right, hey, let's do some top five. You want to? Top five and hit it. Or oh, game. I'm sorry, we, we got a game. game first, and then we do. Let's do no, a quick game. Yeah. The All game, right. it's I like the games. All right, all right. Let's this hear game it. is called Beat Off. Talking about teenage butts. <laughs> uh, beat Off. So, producer Joey is going to name a character, and we need to name the actor and the movie. That this character was in where they got beat up. And the reason it's getting beat up is because in this film that we've been talking about, he gets beat up because he's wearing women's shoes. Oh. I just wanted to make that link clear. Oh, I didn't yeah. understand uh, that. Uh, got it. Uh, okay. 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 So first up is Darth Vader. Okay, so the actor who plays him is, well, there's well, two wait, different actors. Wait, wait, we have an interesting problem here. Yeah, because is there's... Is it three or is it two? Well, who... Ooh, ooh. No, no, yeah, well, wait. there's actually four. <laughs> God, Joey, because you you have Anakin Skywalker, oh, man. right? So that's Hayden Christensen. It's also uh, Anthony. No, 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 Anthony was the the C three PO. What's the guy's name that played uh, the body? And then, but the voice was obviously. Uh, oh yeah, it was James Earl Jones, Jones right? Uh, I I think we got the act, James Earl Jones right. Yeah, I, th- I assume you mean. But the he get, when does he one? get beat up? When but what is our town? Is it in the which movie? Can he you... gets beat up in, I I guess Return of the Jedi, right? Return of the Jedi is when he gets beat up. How does he get beat up? Put me on the scene. What's happening? Oh man! And when Luke oh, beats the, the him up, Luke beats him. He beats him up. Yeah. Oh, I'm just thinking a sword about fight. sword fight. Yeah, it's not being beat up. <laughs> he does die. Yeah, but was he beat? This is fascinating. Was he really beat up, or was they just I'm on guard with a foil? <laughs> <laughs> All right, the answer he's... is Revenge of the Sith. Oh, Hayden Christensen. Oh, All right, we're so... off on that one anyway. Here we're defining beat up. He gets beat up a few times. Uh, I'm going to argue that Return of the Jedi he gets beat up too, and yeah, but then he dies. Right, he gets beat up so severely he dies. Does he always have to live? Okay. All right. Well, I didn't understand the rules of beat off. I usually just I, I beat off differently. All right, that's all I know. Okay, Good. next What's up, other one, Nikki Santoro. Nikki Santoro. Wait is, wait, is this a character in a movie? Yeah. Uh, I need help. Is it? Who's is Nick? this little Nikki? Yeah. Tell us if we if we got the movie right. Is this little Nikki? Nikki Santoro. Are you what allowed to tell that? us, producer Joy, the name of the film? Nikki was that The Godfather? Nikki Santoro. Oh, oh, oh. Godfather oh. 2? No, going too no, far. Not the Godfather. Is it? Uh, this is Charette's Casino. All right. Nikki Santoro. Nikki, that would have been, was that Joe Pesci's character? And he gets beat up at the end in the cornfield with a baseball Look bat. Look how you remember. I love that movie. Yeah. That's cool that you remember that scene. 
So is that the answer, Producer Joey? Yeah. In the cornfield with a baseball I, I, bat? I need a little bit of help with that, yeah, but I got yeah. it. Yeah, okay. That's good. With a name like Nicky Santoro, you know it's going to be a mafia movie. Yeah. All right, last one we got here. All right, Producer Joey has... Jesus. <laughs> that is fucking hysterical. That is really funny. Yeah, yeah. Merry Christmas, you two. Yeah, as the only Jew, I'm going home now. So you're saying, what, are you going to say the Jews beat him up? Yeah, the, the Jews. Jews the Jews beat him up. Death. Merry Christmas. Thank you for the gumball machine. I'm going home. Well, this could be uh, the Passion of the Christ. Right? And that's, well, that was Jim Caviezel. Uh, it could be any. It could be Jesus Christ Superstar. It could. Does be, he get beat up in that? No, movie? but I just thought I'd add that. But also the um, the Last Temptation of Christ and yeah, uh, and what was the guy like who played movie. him? You like that movie? The guy with the by, weird um, face, Willem Dafoe. Yeah, yeah. Is it one of those movies, uh, Producer Joey? It's one of those movies. I'm gonna. Does I'm gonna, it even matter? I mean, matter. the same scenario. I'm gonna say she film. probably went. Yeah, the last the, the Passion last of the Christ. Yeah, yeah. The last, Passion of the Christ. Yeah, yeah. All right, beat up blaming the Jews. That was fun. That was fun. Let's do some top five. Top five and hit it, Vern. It's time to give a listen, you little creeps, to our top five. I do love that, uh, you know, on this show, we never seem to know what comes next because I'm always going, I go to top five. I know. We steer you. We steer each other. <laughs> but yeah. You, we have each other's back. You start reading the, the blurbs. <laughs> the wrong, you read the wrong, the wrong, wrong parts of the show. <laughs> Man. It's only, only like episode 107. You'd think by 107 <laughs> episodes, we'd get by our now. shit together and figure out what happens next. But I like it. It's kind of a fluid feel. You know? Yeah, right? It's organic, Robert. So fluid, it doesn't it's make sense. It's all about the now. Hey, man, let me tell you what. Yeah. I'm so proud of my number four. I'm proud of my then number why four. why did you make it number one? Because it's not my number one. Hmm. I like number one better. Oh, but when you're I, gonna, you're gonna, are you going to come up with obscure movies that no, no one's ever... Well, yeah, you are. No. I, I, I think one or two of them... One of them is obscure. Uh, another one kind of is obscure, but the rest are ones, two or three of them I know you've seen. Do you uh, think we'll have any overlap? No. None? No. You're predicting none? No, because uh, I think I know what's on your list. I think I went for the more obvious. Yeah. What else is new? Yeah. I can't wait. I'm so excited for my number four. You're going to be so proud I'm going to be me. proud of you, aren't yeah. I? Yeah. You're going to go, Robert, that was awesome. Imagination. We're doing imagination yeah. movies. All right. Imagination but, movies. Top five imagination movies. Ira, you go first. What's I'm going to go first with number five? five. But as I was parking. You thought uh, of a new one? Well, it, I, I, it's breaking my heart that I, but I don't know what to bump. I'm just going to, che I'm cheating right now. Okay, go I've got to acknowledge this. Go cheat. It's going to end up being a scoop, but this is not my number five. But as I was parking. And I thought, Big Fish. Big Fish. Yeah. I love... Is that on your list? No, it's okay. not. I, I was very blown away by that film, especially at the end, the big funeral, where all these characters yeah. actually did show up at the funeral. So was he making this stuff up? And it was just a, a very powerful, unique film. It's not in my top five, however. Mm. But Big Fish kind of broke my heart. I'm going for the obvious here, and it's not a film that you're particularly fond of. I know that. It's a Ron Howard movie. Mm. You know what it is. 2001. We already spoke once before about A Beautiful Mind. Mm. And if we're using the word imagination, it can also be yeah. a, a sickness, a disorder, but it's still... Is it? I've yeah. thought about this. You're cool with this? Yeah, I'm cool with uh, that. And again, it was with um, John Nash, who was, what, an economics professor at Princeton. He had delusions, too. Yes. Yeah. It was delusional, and hallucinating and seeing things but that's still 
imagination. imagination. For sure. It is imagination. Yeah, I'll give you that. So uh, I'm, I'm, he was paranoid, schizophrenic, uh, delusional, and, um, and of course that was Russell Crowe. And I like that biopic more than you did, I remember from our previous talk, but I am putting it down as my number five. All right. My number five yes. is a movie from 1990, and I'm going to argue that most of the movie is a dream, which I think is imagination. Total Recall. Wow. Now there are two. You're doing the, fir- the first. The, the first, the one. Arnold Schwarzenegger yeah, movie. Yeah, 1990. So what a trip! I tried to watch. Okay, go ahead. So yeah. I mean, the whole premise of the movie is he lives this That's mundane, boring life, and then he goes into this Total Recall facility that gives him a That's dream that kind of comes but to of life. Of course, there are po- things attached to his head to make him trip out, right? Yes. But so, but it's also his imagination. It's also his imagination as well as input from these uh, electrodes. Yeah. So it's. Oh. It's like forced imagination. Oh, forced imagination. I'm with you on that. Yeah. I, now I feel more comfortable, Robert. Yeah. Forced imagination. Yeah. I'm with you. That's really interesting. I thought it'd be interesting to bring up as an imagination movie. That's why I put it at number five. Yeah, I do like yeah, the yeah, movie, yeah, 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 yeah. But- Forced imagination. It wasn't talking about. Out. He needed help. He needed the electrodes to push him into this other world. Cool. I can't wait to hear number four. Me either. I'm yeah. so excited. What's your number four? My number four is yet another movie that I happen to like a little bit more than you. If I recall, you didn't just, you liked the movie, but you felt it was getting too much hype and it was becoming a darling movie and that was bothering you. Uh, David Fincher in 1999. Mm. Yes, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, Fight, Fight Club. Club. And in Fight Club, again, with um, with uh, Brad, Pritt, Brad, <clears throat> Brad Pitt and Edward Norton and the whole thing with... Um, what's real and what's not and my god he fabricated this person sure. it indeed was a journey into madness and his own mind tripping out with imagination that's my number four yeah i, th- I think that's decent I-, I understand that being on there I look i do like i do like fight club i think it's a good movie it's just everybody it- it's such a college boy movie where everyone's like oh man fight club yeah yeah it just it was too much too much hype okay i don't think it's fincher's best We've talked about this before. We've talked about it before. I, I think Zodiac, Zodiac is incredible. Zodiac, you turned me on to that movie. It's such a great oh, That's movie. another one. I was making a list of all the movies I wanted to thank you for turning me on to. Oh, sure. Zodiac was one also. I put that... Don't forget about or, Fat Girl. Don't sleep on that. That goes back years ago. Thank you for that. Thank you for Enemy. Yeah, man. Enemy did something to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you knew it would. Yeah. You knew it would. For sure. Remember with Christina where she and I were going back and forth? Oh, well, she did disagree. not. And yeah. you were just smiling and listening. That was such a great moment where she and I were just going at it and you were just like, let it work. All right. It is now time for number, four. number four. This is the big one. You're, you're I can't be wait. so impressed. Let me guess. I want to guess. Okay. The year. The year. 1974. You've definitely seen it. We've uh, talked you, about we've it. We've talked about it. Yeah. Um, lead actor's name? Gene Hackman. Conversation. The conversation. Now I want you to think for a second. It's his own paranoia. Yes. And about what's real and what's not. Yes. That incredible ending scene with the, the camera imagination. Just pans his apartment. He starts ripping it up, looking for microphones and shit. Talk. I'm sure. I no, should. No, you, you just. I'm you sorry. Just I, I want to steal it away. That from was you. it, man. Imagination. Okay, I am bowing to you. That's, That's pretty good, right? Fucking cool. I knew you'd appreciate I that. I am one. bowing. We've talked about this movie before, and I wouldn't have linked it as an imagination, but you're right. But without his imagination, right. the whole movie right. doesn't work. It's his own paranoia and tripping out, and then it does open up this whole thing about what reality, and it's wow. And what a hell of a movie. Real nice, Robert. Thanks, man. Real nice. Yeah. Kudos to you. What's your number four? Sorry, three. Three. I 
can't top what you just did. I think it's going to be anticlimactic. Wilson! <laughs> castaway. 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 And here we had... Uh, That's a good one, Ira. Good pull. Is it? Yeah. yeah it's I kind really of like a, that. It was, thank you. And by the way, that was also Robert Zemeckis, isn't it? He directed... Uh, yes. I like Castaway. See? Calling him a lousy... I know. I know. I, I actually I know, think he's I know, good. I know. He, he's he, just, he he's direct, not utilizing his talent. Robert he's Zemeckis, way more talented than agreed, the agreed. films he's been churning out. Let me just say this is the year 2000, and he was... I think he wasn't going insane, but he made this. He created this device to cure his loneliness. That's right. it. To cure he had his loneliness, to have, he had to yeah. in order to get through this and the volleyball and naming it Wilson. And uh, that indeed was his own imagination. Tom as Hanks a, was as great. A device. In that. He was, he was really great good. in that movie. Yeah, that's my number three, Castaway. Okay, my number three is a movie from 1995. It's a kids' movie, and I'm not sure if you've seen it before, but it's it's really a surprisingly good movie. It's really heartwarming. It's called The Indian in the Cupboard. I've heard so much about this it's film. It's really good. Talk about it. Uh, it's about What's a boy who uh, puts these figurines into this magical cupboard and they come to life. And he kind of interacts with them. And there's all sorts of, you know, uh, problems. One of them is an Indian and he's trying to, uh, I can't remember what the, the problem was, but people were going to find out about him becoming real. It's a really, really good movie. It holds up well. I've always been curious about it. I've heard nothing but good things about it. Yeah, it's it. good. Yeah, nice. It, it's it's a ridiculous premise. It's almost like the professional. You know, if I told you, okay, there's a, a girl whose parents are killed and she's orphaned and she goes to live with a hitman, you'd go, okay, this is good. And be it's a, a love story. Movie. Yeah. And it is a love story. Right. Yeah. That, I'd say, that's yeah, such a, that's trash a trash idea. idea. Right, right. And the same with Indian in the Cupboard. It's a yeah. really bad premise. Yeah. But then you watch it and you go, oh, this is really well pulled off. Right. All right, that's my number three. What's your number two? My number two. It's going to be an obvious title, but I'm not going to. It's not the remake. I'm embracing the original one. Let's mm-hmm. see if you can guess with Danny Kay. Um, mm. The Secret Life of Walter Mitty. Oh, okay. And I didn't even see the remake. The uh, remake was good. It was a good. Did it hold yeah, up? It was good. We're talking 1947 with Danny it's, Kay. I have it as a scoop of ice cream. Do you? Yeah. Do you have it as a scoop of ice yeah. cream? And I remember seeing it for the first time uh, on TV and about. Just with the nagging wife and tripping off and pretending that your own imagination that he's a bomber pilot in World War II. And I, I love the premise that, wow, it's a movie about a guy, we should say a James Thurber play on which the screenplay is based. And um, I think it was a short story. I don't think it was a play. Was it a short a story? Short story, yeah. Is that right? Short story. Sorry, sorry to right. correct you. But... No, but actually, actually, yeah, you're familiar with that. Yeah. So, uh, so, by the way, it's a short story by James Thurber. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was. I know these things, Robert. Wow, you're so yeah, smart. I am. I know these things. Secret Life of Walter Mitty, the original with Danny Kaye. That's my number two. My number two is a movie from 2011. This is the kind of one that I'm like, I don't know if you've seen this or heard about this, but it's a really good movie. You should check it out if you haven't seen it. It's from 2011. It's called Take Shelter. Uh, it stars Michael Shannon. And so the whole premise is Not that- Give Me Shelter. No. Okay. okay. Remember, Take give me shelter. shelter. Okay. Go ahead. So the concept is that uh, he plays a guy living in the in like a rural. Area, I want to say Kansas or something, and he's uh, he he starts to have these visions that the end of the world is coming, and so he starts building this underground uh, you know bomb shelter and all the stuff to, to protect himself. And you don't know. He doesn't know if he's going crazy. If he's he's seeing all of these. Um, these machinations, these like th- these things coming to life, and he doesn't know whether it, it truly is a vision of what's going to happen in the future. Like, is God speaking to me right now, or am I just losing my mind? And um, I'll spoil it for you. You never quite find out. I love ambiguity. Yeah, I love ambiguity when it's smart. 
yeah. when it's smart. And it sounds like this is smart ambiguity. Yeah. And the last shot is is definitely a money shot because it's him standing and there's this storm brewing on the horizon. And that's where it cuts off. And you're kind of so like, cool. that is, is it just a storm? Or, or is it the storm? I love it. I and love it's it. so great. Yeah. It's this really interesting kind of take. And it, that's not what the film is about. It's about his journey into following his faith and following that crazy imagination. Yeah. So take shelter. It's a great film. I really, really enjoy it. Doesn't get enough discussion. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Good. What's your number one? Okay. My number one. It's a Woody Allen movie. An early one, mm. 1972, and it's one of the very few Woody Allen movies Woody's in that he did not direct. He hmm. did not direct this, and I'm talking about Play It Again, Sam. Do you saw it? Did you not I don't see think it? I saw that but one. But you know of it, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know of it. I love What's this the movie. Because I get a, lo- a lot of them confused. Yeah, okay. This one, Play It Again, <laughs> Sam, he's a, a nebbishy Jew. Go, really? go figure. Go figure. Typecat. That's a stretch. That's a stretch for him, isn't it? And trying to meet women. Just his girlfriend doesn't want to have anything to do with him. And he's addicted to... The opening shot is an iconic shot where he's watching Casablanca mm. in the theater, eating popcorn, watching the final scene and about um, you know getting on the plane, not getting on the plane. And then Woody Allen's just staring and his mouth is wide open, inhaling this last scene, wishing he could be like Humphrey Bogart. So... We have a Humphrey Bogart character, a lookalike who only Woody Allen can see mm. and hear. It's in his imagination, and Humphrey Bogart gives some advice on dating, how to handle women, and it's just a lovely film. It's very, very funny. It's early Woody Allen stuff, but it's I, I would I'm curious to see if it holds up. There's a beat in that film. I laugh so I remember my parents loved the film too and I just want to say by the way it was directed by Herbert Ross who did the Sunshine Boys he did those kind of fluffy comedies you know Mm -hmm. and he did play it against Sam there was a scene in the first third where Woody Allen's character is in an art gallery trying to connect with a woman to get a date and she's like a goth girl before goth word was even coined but she's like morbid and staring and he says he's trying to chat with her it's not working so you want to you want to go out this saturday night and in a she just says in a detached way saturday night i'm going to kill myself and without missing a beat he says how about friday night (laughs) i I, I laughed so hard and my date was laughing and my mom and dad it's just pure vintage woody allen shtick right well how about friday night then and um it's a heartwarming movie and it's it's well put together play it again sam indeed is a movie about imagination uh it's my number one choice that sounds almost like harvey do you remember the it's all my scoop it's all my scoop yeah yeah I'm, it's so cool that you even know about Harvey. Oh, for sure. Not, it's it's almost like it's not an obscure movie, but I'm uh, you continue to impress me with your reference to what you know. Yeah. Okay, that's my number one. Your number one. Two thousand seven. This is the the one that's off the beaten path. This is the one that I doubt that you've seen, but really, really good movie. It's an English film from two thousand seven. It's called Cashback, no. and it's about a guy who is heartbroken uh, and he can't sleep, so he starts to sell his time. It gets really fucking weird and trippy. And he gets a job at a grocery store, and everybody starts. He sells time that he's got and gets cash for it, so he has to stay up longer, like for longer stretches of the, of, of the day. And he works all night at this at this grocery store and starts to kind of lose his mind a little bit. And he's able to pause time. And uh, he starts to sketch people. He'll take off their clothes and sketch them nude while they're standing in the in the grocery store. It's a really weird, trippy movie. Uh, it's very odd. 
and a lot of it is all imagination based. It's a really, really good movie. Uh, I enjoyed it a lot. I need to go back and rewatch it because it's hard to explain this movie, but I think you would really enjoy it. What's the name of it again? Called Cashback. Cashback. Yeah. It's a good one. Here's some scoops. Yes, go. I got a few scoops for you. Brazil. You know. Yeah. I thought of, yeah. Inception. That's all dreams. I think that kind of counts as imagination. I mean, I would even argue that you have to kind of, remember they had to, one of the roles they had to do is they had to create those worlds. So they had to use their imagination to create the world. Uh, I had Secret Life of Walter Mitty, The Wizard of Oz. You know, I I was, you're I great. I couldn't you're, put that I, on I, here because I, we've talked about I, it too much We lately. talked about it a lot, but also was that imagination or was it just a dream? Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say that's, I think that's is, part of imagination. Are dreams imagination? I think so. I think that's just your imagination. Un- While you're sleeping. Just yeah. like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sucker Punch, which you'll soon find out, Tonight. is all about imagination. Tonight. Amelie, Labyrinth, The Fall. Did you ever see The Fall? No. It's kind of regarded as being the mo- one of the most beautiful films that's ever been photographed. The it, Fall? Yeah, it's called The Fall. It was a, it's a foreign film, uh, and it's from 2006. It's a gorgeous film. I saw it in the theater and just was like, what the fuck is going on? It's a, it, similar to Big Fish. It's like telling a story in a bunch of different ways, but it... It's beautiful, and I think it took them years to shoot all of it, and it's it's just a gorgeous, gorgeous film. And then, of course, Harvey. What do you have? That's, I, I, fall. Okay. Some of my scoops that didn't make it, Harvey, and um, actually, uh, what else did I have? Uh, the um, Amelie, in a way, was imagination. Yeah, I think so. It, it, That's it what was, I have. Yeah, so I was thinking, and Big Fish, that was breaking my... The Dark Crystal, did you ever see The Dark mm-hmm. Crystal? And I thought, well, that's often with imagination. Vanilla Sky was the other one. Did you ever see Vanilla Sky? Sure did. That was a trippy film, wasn't it? I think I own it. Do you? And again, it's an issue. I know I have the Spanish version. Yes. Yeah. The, open Spanish, your eyes. Was, that's right. Open yeah. your eyes. God, you know a lot about movies, Robert. Mm. Mm. Spent years mm. studying it. Mm. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, we did it. Yeah. Nice. Hey, man. What do you want to do now? Let's press record and actually do this podcast. No! Good rehearsal. No! Uh, hey, man. If anybody has any imagination movies that left our imagination, I, have you put a piece of paper on that counter <laughs> yet? Pile, my pile. All you do is you yeah. you put them on the it's counter like and they I just fall. slip right off onto the floor. There's There are now more papers on the floor than there are <laughs> on the counter. There you go. All right. If we missed any uh, imagination movies and you want to let us know about them, you can send us an email to robert at antiwavepodcast.com or... And slash or ira at antiwavepodcast.com. Uh, or you can send us a message through Twitter or Instagram, which is at antiwavepod. That's right. We're all over the place, aren't we, Robert? We are. Go to iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play. We're on Podbean. <laughs> you like the way I say Podbean? It's like I, I you're know. asking. Podbean, I think. Yeah. And... Um, and uh, and then go to right, our website. Right, go to our website, but I'm going to say that with uh, iTunes or Podbean, write a couple of sentences uh, critiquing. Give us a few reviews. We'd yeah. like that. We'd like that. Or just go to our website also is another way to have access to us. Or while you're at it, if you want to sponsor us on Pod... On- what was I'm sorry about the uh, on Patreon I'm about to say Podbean no on Patreon Podbean, Podbean. we're on there as well you can find us on Patreon and uh, and throw a couple shekels our way and let us keep keep things running over here yeah yeah how about that yeah. Hey, Robert, yeah. what's our movie going to be next week? Next week, we're going to talk about Vice. Yes, we are. We're going to see so Vice. go see Vice. Yes, yeah, see Vice and listen to us next week. Yeah. So let's thank, thank producer Joey for doing a good job beating us off. <laughs> hey, Joey. And uh, yeah, that does it. We did it. Hey, man. Job. This is fun. Yeah, nice job this week. Thanks. All right, so until next time, keep watching movies. And we'll help you sort them out. <laughs>